Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How to Do Drugs. I am your host, Aliyah Janine, and today I have the wonderful Tommy Chong on. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, and you got me just right at the time before I do drugs, so we're in, <laughs> we're in good shape. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're, I'm here in the city. You're in California, I'm assuming, right, or Vegas? No, I'm in California. California. I'm not- I'm not afraid of the taxes. <laughs> I saw paying taxes uh, forever ago. Um, you can't tax somebody who technically doesn't make any money, right? That's no, not, not at all. In fact, that's the good news. If you got tax problems, that means you're making money somewhere. Or you got money or you had money somewhere. Right. Yeah. I just hide it all. I always make sure I make a very little amount of money on paper. Um, that's the way. <laughs> Fuck the government. No taxation without representation. Damn it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to edit that in case the IRS is actually listening. I'm that's kidding. what I was, I was laughing because I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I can just see some people's ears perk up. Oh. Oh. Well, you. Well, you know. You, you know that the, the the taxation laws are the most effective uh, tool the government's got, you mm-hmm. know, keeping, uh, you know, keeping people, well, as honest as the government's going to keep them. Yeah. But uh, that's why, that's why Bitcoin has really got everybody kind of little up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, have... although they can, they, they'll find a way because in order to have a Bitcoin, you have to have the password. And that's what's worth money. And that's what the government will go after. You know? Yeah. Is that, fuck the government. Yeah. I, are you into cryptocurrency at all? Like I, I remember I bought some, um, especially over quarantine, I had this app called Robinhood. I still have it. And I was like, I'm in the stocks now. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I bought some cryptocurrency. Sometimes it goes up and a lot of times it's down. It's like my relationships just up and down. Well, that's it. But you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, and I love it because if it was it was stocks, you know, yeah, you can do the same thing with stocks, mm-hmm. but crypto, crypto is a, uh, it, it's really, it, it's now. It, I, I, you know, people always say it's the future, but the future is now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like saying computers are the future. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or the cell phones of future. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we've been living in the future, the future for a while. Yeah, we just need <clears throat> flying cars, and I would be cool with that. <laughs> what we're doing is uh, 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 NFTs. Yeah, are you into the NFTs? Big time, big yeah. time. And the and the thing is, it it, it costs nothing. It's mm-hmm. all about it's all about fame, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and that's what I have, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we have. Cheech Cheech was uh, kind of you know hesitant you know he was doomsdaying uh, it for a while until until he got his first uh, <clears throat> nft and i just looked at my account and it's got over half a million dollars in it just from the net, nfts <laughs> for nfts just nfts now i can i can sell off a portion <laughs> oh excuse me it's okay it's okay stop it, stop it. he does that every week stop it this dog you know it's like a ritual i mean i i I, you know he's a good alarm yeah oh yeah oh you jumped i jumped (laughs) (laughs) well 
that's that's what the dogs are all about their alarm systems mine's too old she's literally passed out behind me she doesn't give a shit anymore (laughs) where are you calling from new york i live in new york oh the manhattan i mean yep yep i'm on the upper east side i like it up here yeah i'm fancy Fancy. what 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 what, 80 80th um i'm i'm in the 90s oh you're in the 90s i'm in the 90s yeah yeah, I lived in, we lived in New York for a couple of months, actually, on Sutton Place. Okay. We, we, we rented, the movie company rented us a house, uh, Cartier Watch. Okay. And it was a, a house, you know, three-story, like a scary. Uh, like brownstone, be- kind yeah, of. Well, like, kind of wood in the back. It had a yard. Tell oh, you. nice. And it's on set in place, but uh, a lot of fun, a lot yeah. of fun. I had I had my kids there and my wife, you know, the whole family was there. Mm-hmm. We're, we were doing a movie. I forget which one. Probably Corsican Brothers, I think. But anyway, we were in New York and living in a house in New York, Upper East Side. It was phenomenal. it's really nice like I do miss living in a house because like I'm I'm originally from Wisconsin so I'm used to having space and lots of land and like I'm I'm about five blocks from from Central Park so like and I can see it from my window so it's like if I need grass like I you know I walk over there and then I buy like water but I do miss living in a house like right now I have some neighbors who think that they live in a house I lived here four <laughs> years. <laughs> I can still hear you. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. It's just somebody phoning. It's probably a crank call. <laughs> telling me about my car, my car warranty. Warranty. <laughs> I love that. I don't even have a car anymore and I'll still get those or like oh, yeah. insurance. And I'm just like, what? I actually had one for, um, I got like a call for fertility and I thought that was hilarious because I recently like last year I had um, uterine cancer. So, so, you know, they kind of like cleaned out my box a little bit. And so like, and I actually, for some reason, I actually answered this call and I'm like, wow, I'm like, I can't, like, I kind of made them feel bad, you know, a little bit. I'm like, I just had uterine cancer and I can't have babies now. And this is really rude that you're calling. Like, I don't care. I never, I never wanted kids, but I was just like, you guys need to do your research a little bit better. <laughs> oh, oh, those, those robo calls. So, that, you know, yeah, we, I used to have fun with them. Uh, I used to like, do them a lot. I used to love prank calling people. And now I feel like it's like payback for all the prank calls I did when I was like in high school and stuff. Like yeah. karma, what goes around yeah. comes around. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to do a Chinese accent and uh, <laughs> because I'd get a lot of Chinese calls because of my name. Mm-hmm. And so I'd do a, a Chinese. Hello, who? <laughs> you want who? I, I can't hear you. <laughs> Who are you calling? Chong. Oh no, no, this Chong. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have fun with them sometimes, but most of the time, I just I don't even answer them. They just go straight to voicemail. The ones who make it to voicemail, though, I'm like, look at you with that determination. Just <laughs> <laughs> they, they keep going. Yeah, keep yeah going, like yeah. you own student loans, and I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't do not at all. So you did. You did all the drugs, then, huh? 
I have done, um, I have done a lot of them. Yeah. Quite a few. Uh, I think my favorite, like the first drug I ever did was acid. What was like the first drug you ever did? Like when you were younger, you know, way uh, well, pot, well, pot. alcohol, I, alcohol was the very first, uh, you know, I got to introduce that real early and yeah. luckily because I hated the taste, you know, when you're young, I, I, yeah. I never did. I never got by the taste, you know, I was too busy with the soft drinks, but <laughs> then I got turned on to marijuana when I was 17. Okay. And that was a perfect age because, uh, it, it changed my life. You know, I, one, one toke, <laughs> one toke and, I, <laughs> and I was hooked, like they said in those drug commercials, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you couldn't get any, you know, I was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So, uh, so it was like, that the joint in the Lenny Bruce record that guy gave me was the only, you know, that was a one and done thing. And so I, that joint lasted me about a month because yeah. I would just I'd take a tote and put it out. And it really, it, you know, because I love your show about how to do drugs. It really taught me uh, a habits that I still got today mm -hmm. because, uh, because I, I learned, you know, with, with the first joint that, uh, one toke will get you high, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and these people uh, that, that, you know, you know I, I, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. They're, they're the, you know, the classic overeaters, yeah. you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. be, because they're, they're never full enough, you know, they're mm -hmm. never satisfied and they never will get satisfied. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you learn about. Uh, that's what I learned about drugs. As soon as I, I, I what I learned it's kind of like the smallest amount can be the most effective. You know, it, it, it's in the mind. It's in the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, when people always ask me about, uh, which, especially with the cancer people, you know, I got so-and-so cancer. What do you think? What do you suggest? I said, well, I suggest you find out everything you can about what you have period <laughs> find yeah. out everything <laughs> find out what's good for it find out what's bad for it but do your homework you know and that's what i tell people too about pot you know uh you know i, I never smoked pot before what, what, what do you think i should do i said you should get on your phone google marijuana yeah and and read everything you, before you put anything in your body you should know what it is, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, now that I'm older, I definitely do that. When I was younger, I did not do that. We also didn't have the internet when I was younger though. So it was trial by error when it came but, but you, 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 But you trusted your friends. Or yeah, well, I mean, the first on. time I ever got stoned, it was from my mom's pot. So it was my mom's <laughs> weed that I stole from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you knew, you know, mm -hmm. you yeah. had that thing that, you know, was safe enough for her, you know? You know, that's the whole point. That's why, like, uh, those, you know, those uh, music guys and that, that got, that killed themselves with fentanyl. Yeah. You know, uh, because what happens, it's mind altering. And mind altering is dangerous. Anything that's mind altering, mm -hmm. like hypnosis can be dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, uh, any kind of, uh, or self hypnosis or, or, or anything can be dangerous because our, our life, uh, here in the physical plane is so fragile, you know, it, it's so fragile that, that, uh, you know, when I see movies about 
people getting close to a cliff, mm-hmm. I turn it off and look away <laughs> because because your my anxiety. Inst- well, no, my inst- your instincts t- is mm-hmm. to stay alive, and you know, I think in my past life I've done two things mm-hmm. that I'll never forget. One is I was in a cave and I couldn't get out, and another one is that I I think I've uh, when I got uh, killed one time from height. Uh, like you, falling from somewhere falling from something yeah so uh, because i got this fear of uh of, of heights not not my, my wife has it's called vertigo you know oh she has yeah a, yeah yeah she has a hard time getting on an escalator you know she has to do a lot of rituals you know and then get on mm-hmm. but i understand totally because yeah. it's your it's your your instinct to live that that rules you mm-hmm. yeah yeah that little part in your brain where it's like it like it's just yeah and like you said just yeah. instinct it automatically even though you may not be consciously thinking about it your brain is like whoa you need to take a step back yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that saved us uh, you know a, a, a lot I, what I, what i found out just with myself uh you know it's funny because i, I do these i've been doing a lot of podcasts you know mm-hmm. and because of my reputation you know right away you know, they're, hey, you know, hip smoker reefer kind of guy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and a lot of people, they, they mistake uh, getting high with being a rebel and and, and being reckless and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and something in your nose at, at society, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I, I was never that guy. If yeah. anything, the guy I am is a musician that learned how to play because people needed him to learn how to play mm-hmm. but so it wasn't a natural uh gift that i got like mozart or somebody you know where i was playing in another life now i i come back to conquer the instrument mm-hmm. no i i grew up in the country and and you did what you could do mm-hmm. to, to help and because i had a little bit of uh, a, a musical talent the fiddle player across the field uh, taught me how to play guitar so I could back him up, him mm-hmm. playing fiddles. And, and so we, I ended up playing uh, for parties and being a, like treated in a, as an adult since I was eight years old. Yeah. And, and, and that sort of uh, gave me a leg up when it came to performing, you know. Oh, yeah, because when you when, started so young. Yeah, when you're that young, it, it's, it's like uh, it's second nature. In fact, you're more comfortable. Because, mm-hmm. because you know the outcome, you know mm-hmm. what you got to do in order to get uh, to, to you know to get the the audience off, as it, as it were. Mm-hmm. But, but 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 when it came to uh, to smoking pot, I, I treated it, uh, you know, because I hadn't even thought about it. it was the the musician that gave it to me, a jazz musician, you know, I was in a jazz club, mm-hmm. and it was like it was serendipity because he. He, he, he just appeared. I, I knew him briefly, but I was one of those guys, you know, I was a backup guitar player, so I wasn't the lead. Mm-hmm. And so I was just proud enough to be able to have a guitar in my hand, you know, and people let me in the jazz club free because I had an instrument. You know? <laughs> and, and so then, and I think, I think it was a Chinese connection because it was a, he was a Chinese bass player, Raymond Ma. Mm-hmm. And, and for some reason, he just gave me a Lenny Bruce record and a, and a joint. 
and it, boy, the it, perfect that, combination. <laughs> changed, changed my life. It changed. I went. I think the next day I went and quit school. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you for, found your calling. Yeah. Well, it was for the second time. I mm-hmm. quit school. I quit school as soon as I could. I thought I was grown. You know, I was in army cadets, and I thought, you know, I don't need school. No, I I wanted to get out in the workforce. I wanted to be treated like a man. Mm-hmm. And I got out there and I, and I, I started as a roofer. Okay. Because <laughs> that's, that's a job you can get anywhere at any yeah. time. <laughs> Without any degrees or... <laughs> nothing, nothing. Get your, get your sad ass on that roof. And, and what happened, I was, I would be working like three hours and then I would see kids going to school. <laughs> and then I'd have another three hours of work to do and I'd see kids going home from school, home from school. <laughs> and so I thought you know I think I'd better go back to school right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I went I went back I went back to school and I never really had any reason to other than I didn't have to get up early you know I didn't have to get on that roof mm-hmm. but as soon as I smoked pot I I I, I said man you know what I need to learn is not in school, you know, because they kind of baby you in school. You know, yeah. they, they find out what's the easiest thing for you. And then here, you better do that. Yeah. You know, and, but we real life, especially in the music world. It's not like that. You no, know, you need life experience. You, you need to be good at what you do in order mm-hmm. to make a dent. And, and that's what I, that's what I did. And, but it, it's that, it's it was that uh trusting the universe mm-hmm. you know i never had any i'm glad when you grow up poor you don't really have a lot of time to sit around and think esoteric things you know? no you don't <laughs> <laughs> you really don't yeah but i became a but, yeah i became a writer and and that then I found my calling. You know, I really mm-hmm. found what I could do, and, and that's what I'm doing now. I, I'm I'm writing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you going to be uh, making a new movie? Any new movies or? Girl, I got some plans. They're so, <laughs> <laughs> they're so crazy. They're so crazy. But you know what I found out? Well, first of all, I found out the power. That humans have. It's been written in all the, the spiritual books. Every, everybody, every day a book comes out telling you how to get this power, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and what you have to do. Now, I was lucky enough. See, I got into jazz. I, I was lucky enough not to be good enough to play, mm-hmm. but I was good enough to sit and learn and listen and uh, and think mm-hmm. and think because see when you're playing you can't think mm-hmm. you're playing you know and that's why a lot of musicians they don't have a lot to say <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> you know I d- i've dated a drummer before yeah <laughs> bad idea yeah so so i had had, had time to think and, and when you think, and then, so I, my, my thoughts were, would wander. I, I'm a, like a Gemini, and mm-hmm. I've got, and that was one thing I, 
every, everybody, you know, reads my fortune or whatever. You know, I'm a dreamer. Dream, yeah. <laughs> and, and a day, and I'm a daydreamer. But I combined the two. What I what I did, and this this is what kills me too, because when the, you know the image that Cheech and Chong created that we created, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's so. Uh, you know, so far away from who I really am, mm-hmm. you know, because it was an act. Yeah, you're an actor. You were acting. That's right. But we, we, I got to say, I, I hate to say this. I hate, you know, I had an old uh, uh, manager from uh, New York. And it was actually, he was one of the guys that, or, probably the guy that broke Cheech and Chong up, you know? Oh. And, yeah. Because he, what happened with us, we, we when we did Up in Smoke, we kind of got screwed out of the, you know, the, the A lot the of typical, money. Yeah. The typical screwing that new, you know, first timers get. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, because that movie grows like, because I remember that was in 78, right? That was the year yeah. I was born yeah. and it grossed over a hundred million dollars. And in 1978, yeah. that's like a trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cheech and Chong were, were broke, mm-hmm. literally, literally, uh, with a movie grossing like that because we, we, we never had protection, uh, legal protection. And, and that actually helped because we had... Uh, the the promoters that did the movie they they were sending guys around with contracts for us to sign you know so would cover their ass mm-hmm. and and I would I wouldn't say I'm not signing them but I I was smart enough to know I'd say okay uh, 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 just leave with me and I we never signed them which was uh, our only defense mm-hmm. and so when we went, when when we went to court and that's where I met Howard Brown. The okay. hustler from New York. Mm-hmm. I met him at a time when Cheech and I couldn't get a movie, couldn't even get a meeting with anybody. And we were sitting on top of the hottest movie that year. And we couldn't get noticed because mm-hmm. we weren't represented, represented yeah. properly. So Howard Brown, uh, he, 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 uh, we, I call him Suits Brown because his, his background really was. He's a very brilliant uh, Jewish guy from New York who hated his mother. <laughs> like most Jewish guys from New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had a, a sort of a thing. He was, wasn't, when he was younger, he had that twinkle, you know, okay. and, he, and he hung out with gangsters. Oh, okay. he, he was a, big uh, you know lover of, of gangsters because the gangsters seem to have the the dangerous women you know the the hot hot but dangerous and mm-hmm. and and so when I met him and then then I introduced him to Cheech Cheech hated him still hates him to this still day hates him. <laughs> to this day <laughs> we we did a we did a documentary, and uh, in the documentary we're we're going to Howard's grave, and I thought even by now Cheech would you know have some no but no forgiveness. No, Howard. Well, Cheech's dad's a cop, 
and and so Cheech was raised, you know, and he was raised very strict Catholic, and mm-hmm. and and he was he bought into that thing. In fact, I talked to him the other day. Uh, yeah, we're back together, no mm-hmm. problem there. But I talked to him the other day, and he's watching cops because it it bring reminds him of his childhood. Of his childhood. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Howard Howard just gave me uh, the New York hustler lesson you know yeah that's and, a hard lesson i've learned it <laughs> yeah and, and what it was what it was is is that people first of all what he told me he says you got to have someone blowing your horn for you you can't blow your own horn mm-hmm. you know and and i've always had that problem so howard in his in his gangster way told me he says so you know you you uh you know put me on the map and i'll and i'll put you on the map i'll put i'll make sure you get what you want Mm -hmm. and the first thing first thing howard said is that you got to be acknowledged for what you do you know because what i was doing i was splitting everything uh 50 50 with Cheech including everything that I wrote and everything mm-hmm. you know and and uh, Cheech was fine with that mm-hmm. uh, but when it came down to him splitting it with me mm-hmm. it never happened it never <laughs> happened it never happened and which which is why I just tased myself oh. <laughs> I, just... Are you I got okay? I got this habit of, of having randomly to do tasing yourself. Oh, no, I do it, that too. I'm playing. Too. <laughs> it, 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 it's a lighter. It's a lighter. Look, it's a it's a it's a lighter. Uh huh. But, but it's, it's also battery operated. It, it, uh, it's battery operated. Uh, plasma plasma lighter. Got it. <laughs> so I put it down. Teach did the same thing the other day. But any, any, anyway, Howard Howard taught me, he gave me a lot of lessons. He, he gave me that New York uh, hustler lesson. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not about cheating people. It's about allowing people to make their own choices. But the choices you give them are like, here, take a card and you give them the card that you want them to take, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just by the sleight of hand, you know. Yeah. And and uh, so so Howard he, he gave me a lesson in, in this whole thing. And, and as a result, I ended up, after Up in Smoke, I ended up directing, what, four movies, mm-hmm. Cheech and Chong. And I was the director, I was the producer and the owner, everything. And then, and then Cheech got really tired of that. And then Cheech went off and did his own movie. Mm-hmm. See, see, and the problem, the problem that we had, you know, uh, was, was that, when we were a team, we were, uh, even to this day, I mean, we were with millions as a team. Mm-hmm. Separately, we were with half of that. And, <laughs> and for, the, for the most part, I, uh, you know, I, I, I did okay. Uh, you know, Cheech, Cheech did okay in doing, you know, his acting job and everything. But together, uh, we're unstoppable. And that's why, that's why we're right now. It was my son that got us back together, mm-hmm. and it was and it was my son that's like we're getting ready to go on the the New York Stock Exchange with the Cheech and Chong uh, 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 company. You know, uh, we got Honestly, a delivery. 
weed. And- line of weed. We got a delivery service. Uh, we, all sorts of things, you know. We're going to have uh, dispensaries. We're going to have a lot of things, but we each got our own line of product. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I got CBD products that are. Like, yeah, the, I was looking at that your site of a lot of that stuff. My Ooh. one of my friends, um, because I've tried CBD stuff and it never really worked for me. And she's like, "Oh, because you smoke regularly, you probably just need to take some more CBD." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that actually makes sense. That makes perfect sense." Because I know that like sometimes like you don't want to be super stoned, but you still want the medical benefits. You know, maybe to help you go to sleep, or like to help with anxiety and stuff like that. Oh yeah, or to cure cancer. You know, you know mm-hmm. little things, little things like that. You know? mm-hmm. uh, well. <laughs> What was I going to ask you? Uh, no, no, you. Uh, what is your background? You My background? <laughs> That's right. He didn't tell you. Um, well, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I've been a stand-up comic for about seven years, but um, I'm a retired porn star. I used to do. I was in adult films for about four years. And then uh, before that, I actually went to school to be a cop. I have a degree in criminal justice (laughs) and I used to like drive an armored car. I did like private security and stuff like that. I had my PI license for a while. So I've kind of had all of the jobs. Like I used to work in bars. I was a dancer for a really long time, porn and now comedy. I also have a degree in psychology. So I'm one of those people that if I find something interesting, like I'll go to school for it or I'll try it and then. Once I get my fill or like, you know, I'm done with it. I just, I find something else. Comedy is the thing that stuck the most. Seven years is the longest I've ever done anything. So <laughs> I think we well, may have a winner. Well, no, that's going to be your life. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Why? We're, we're truth seekers. Mm-hmm. That's all we are. And, and the, like the scripture says, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. See the truth. Well, it's not your truth. It's the the international truth. It's Mm -hmm. the the world truth. Mm -hmm. See, that's what comedians are. Mm -hmm. That's why that's why the the uh, Joker in in the King's Court, you know, Mm -hmm. was very important uh, because uh, the king could always go to him for for the truth. You know, the gesture, the court gesture. Yeah, the court gesture. See. That was a very important thing for the king to have because he always knew where he, where he stood mm-hmm. with, with everybody, you know, because everybody else would lie out of uh, self-preservation. But the, but the, the court jester could tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So, so I found out we're truth seekers and I found out, especially with this, with this pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, because the truth is, if, if you are a truth seeker, Mm-hmm. You will find truth in everything, and and when you find the truth in everything, in other words, you 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 don't fall for what's phony right away. Because if you're looking for truth, you, you analyze everything, just like you do with a, with a pot. You take a yeah. tote and you t- hold it in. You you analyze and you say, mm, "Oh yeah, this, this got THC." And, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's got something. Or or if you smoke a cigarette, a hemp cigarette. You say, well, I feel nice, but there's no kick to it. Now, you said you smoked. Are you a cigarette smoker? Yeah, I am. Okay, well, listen, I got good news for you. Okay. <laughs> I got really good news for you. Right here, right here. Okay. Is, is a healthy cigarette. Ooh. It's a, it's a, it's a hemp cigarette. Mm-hmm. Now, 
it it has i can't even open this <laughs> it's another thing i need my son to help me open the cigarette fucking package here <laughs> oh here we go see these cigarettes mm-hmm. are healthy oh they have no. like um like the herbal kind of cigarettes i've had a couple of those no before. No, no it's not herbal it's pure hemp okay it's, it's pure hemp it tastes a little bit like like pot because it has trace amounts of THC in it. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing, as opposed to the the tobacco cigarettes, which are, which are filled with additives, you know, the worst things that you can put in your body, yeah. you know, the but the stuff that causes cancer, and that is all the additives. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day when the natives uh, were smoking, they smoked herbs. Yeah, they, they didn't have it. all those chemicals in there. No, no, and the chemicals are there just to number one ad- i think well they also addictive. make them more addictive yeah i'm like i'm yeah. addicted to the chemicals <laughs> yeah yeah sure. that's what it is I'm like i need more arsenic <laughs> yeah yeah and right now you know well you've had the cancer so you know especially mm-hmm. especially uh when, when you have that so so you want to do the hemp cigarettes the hemp cigarettes okay <laughs> yeah they're gonna they're gonna be available everywhere this one's og nice the og kingpin it's called and and the, what it has, it's like smoking a joint, except you're not going to get the THC high. Yeah, it, you can puff on it. Well, it's but, the habit. Like my brain is like wired to you know smoke. Yeah. It's not even necessarily the nicotine. It's just the habit that I form yes. around smoking. That that's is right. That's the hardest part to break because I cannot smoke, and then like I'll see a cigarette because I've quit a bunch. And I've, I'll see like a cigarette on TV or like my friend smoke a cigarette. I'm like, I could just have one. And then <laughs> no, but, this, but, but, but the, the way to quit habits is not mm-hmm. to stop is to change habits. Yeah. That's all. In other words, if this is on health, that's what I'm talking about. My hemp cigarettes. I'm really happy. I'm thrilled about them because now you don't have to change. Well, I used to smoke because, you know, being a musician and, yeah. growing up you know playing music since i was eight years old uh you know and when my did you dad first start smoking cigarettes how old were you well, when you were smoking well, cigarettes well my dad was a heavy smoker a mm-hmm. uh, social smoker you know he, he had a whole style and I, it was fascinating watching because he the way he would oh yeah smoke. certain people look really cool and like oh, classy when they smoke and, oh and, and, Every actor in the world back in the day had that know how to look cool. How to hold a cigarette, it, yeah. Hold it in the side of his mouth and, yeah. or light two cigarettes at the same time. And give the girl <laughs> yeah. You know, all those, all those mm-hmm. great things. Uh, but, but so, so what, what, what you're dealing with is a habit. And what I found out uh, through my studies in that back in the day, well, that's why the natives, uh, mm-hmm. the Indians, uh, First Nations or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. uh, their pipe is their altar. Mm-hmm. That's their church. And, and the sweat lodge is where they would go to practice their religion. because uh, And it's a recognized religion because in every federal prison in, in America, you've got a mm-hmm. sweat lodge. And, and part of the sweat lodge is, is the, the, the holy pipe. Mm-hmm. And they would fill the pipe with herbs, but tobacco was the main one. Mm-hmm. And 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 do you know why they called it the peace pipe? Why? Because when when tribes now now think back in the day, mm-hmm. everybody had a knife. 
Yeah, knife or a bow and arrow or big knife, a a spear, a Mm -hmm. club, because it was dangerous back then. Now you could use a club to kill uh, your food or an enemy. Mm-hmm. And so when the tri- tribes get together to talk about territory or whatever, they would break out the peace pipe. Peace pipe and what they would do, they would smoke the pipe mm-hmm. and it would knock them on their ass. <laughs> whatever they were smoking, they could not function. It was like, probably it was probably a good uh, THC. But mm-hmm. anyway, they would fall back on their ass. They could not be violent if they wanted to. And mm-hmm. that's why everybody got to smoke the pipe before... They would talk. Now, once a pipe was smoked, now you could talk mm-hmm. because they're not worried about some guy getting pissed off, you know, and, and, and stabbing him. And, and so the, the, the smoking of the herb is more, much more important than, than people think, you know, like to say, uh, to get rid of cigarettes. That's how I stopped smoking cigarettes, by the way. Yeah. I started smoking a joint. And every time I felt like a cigarette, I'd light a joint. Mm-hmm. And and then eventually, I, w- I couldn't smoke the whole joint like you can a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I would, in fact, I never smoked the whole cigarette either because I was a musician. I put it at the oh, end yeah, of the Oh, yeah, you barely have time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the whole purpose of, of, uh, of the smoking, uh, the, the peace pipe and that, there was a reason for it. And, and the reason, that it was mostly women that smoked back in the day. Mm-hmm. The, the men never had- Women uh, actually did smoke time. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. And, and what it did, it helped them uh, calm them, their, their, themselves so they could do uh, menial labor over, you know, the stuff, weave in yeah. a basket. And deal well, with like, barbaric men. <laughs> and like, well, they never much had to deal with the men too much because the men were gone. Most all of the, the time, time, yeah. All not most of the time. Yeah, can you the imagine? Yeah. They, they would come home, uh, you know, to, to get warm, change clothes, sleep. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, <laughs> like my ex-boyfriend. Eat, eat, <laughs> eat, and then they're gone again because that was tough living back there. Yeah. <clears throat> but the the cigarettes and the reason the women smoked it was like it was very soothing. It was a very social thing to do like cigarette cigarette breaks mm-hmm. you know and, and and like i remember in the movies you know the guy was going to get executed but hey he had to have his last cigarette his last cigarette with his <laughs> last meal <laughs> it's okay i i, I i'm back i got more people for me. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not constantly going on. Um, so what other, so have you ever dabbled with anything else? Like, have you ever tried ecstasy or anything like that? Yeah, I've done yeah. ecstasy and I've done quaaludes. Love quaaludes. Yeah, what are quaaludes like? Because they don't have those anymore. <laughs> oh, it's similar to ecstasy. Is it? Okay. Yeah, and they called them spreaders. That's what the quaaludes were. And what they were was a, a muscle relaxer. Okay. It would relax your muscles, including your 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 uh, the part that makes good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it was a love drug. It yeah, it was a love drug. You could you couldn't help but uh, just want to stay in bed. You know, just have a good time. Uh, yeah, uh, quaaludes. I, I used to get my quaaludes from a, a dentist. 
my dentist actually. <laughs> and and the deal was that I, I I would buy a bunch and have to split it with him. <laughs> but he would give me the script, you know. He would give me yeah. The, uh, oh, script. so he would give you the script, and then you go pick him up, and then you go give him some. That's yeah, well, my, I mean, that that that's a smart doctor. That way, he doesn't lose his license. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. And he's he's still around. Yeah, I gotta tell you a story about. Okay. <laughs> I laugh every time I think about it. The biggest junkies in the mm -hmm. world were always doctors and nurses. You know, because they they have the access. They have access to the best drugs. <laughs> so back in the, I guess, early eighties, this new thing came out. It's called implants for your teeth. Okay. And it was brand new. And I had a, a jaw here that needed some teeth. And so when I heard about it, boom. I, and uh, the only people who were doing it was at UCLA. Okay. So I went over to UCLA and I said, uh, you know, I'm going to do, do the, you know, with my, with my Koilu dentist. <laughs> he sent me over there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so they, they put an implant in right away, but they did not read the directions or they didn't know what they were doing, basically. Oh, no. So they put the implant in, then they put the post on, then they attached the implant. Uh, did I have the tooth in there? Over the tooth? Don't they like, like shave the tooth down and then... They did all at once, implant, and then the crown or the tooth, mm -hmm. and then they connected the, the implant to the rest of my teeth oh. for some reason. Oh. Unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> it got infected because it wasn't allowed to, uh, to grow naturally. Yeah, because doesn't that look like a process? It was like I had a piece of metal stuck in my jaw. And so I had to go back to the dentist you know, because it got infected and my jaw swelled up. And so I called them and they said, well, come on in tomorrow, which was Saturday. So I go up to there and there's no one around. You know, there's no secretary, no nurse, no, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept walking through doors until I walked into the doctor's office. And one of the doctors is bent over the over a desk with his pants down. Another doctor's behind them with a, a syringe, a needle. And he was giving him a shot of something. And when I walked, I caught him. When I walked in, they, they give me that, 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 caught in the headlights, that look, oh. Okay, and listen, Tom, you sit out there, we'll be right out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why my teeth were so fucked up. Because they were... <laughs> Because I had these yo-yos doing it. That's anyway, insane. They, they took it all out. And so I don't have any teeth here. But I got a whole mouthful of uh, implants done properly. Yeah. Well, yeah, they learned out over time. How did you it? <laughs> For sure. That's insane, though. Do you know what they were? Um, was it speed? Do you think that they were given the shot? Like, what do you think the shot was? Probably some kind of uh, opioid, you know. Oh, an opioid, do you think? Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. I mean, maybe it could have been speed. It could have been that. It could have been any, you know. Yeah, the they doctors. had access to a lot of stuff. You, you know about 
you know about John Hopkins, right? The, the um, hospital, the, the the brain surgeon that they named the hospital after. Okay, well, I know the hospital, but no, no, I don't know. Okay, you got a great book to read. Okay, check it out. Okay. Uh, anyway, John Hopkins was a heroin addict. He did all his operations while he was under medical supervised heroin. And the reason he was a heroin addict was that he was he was uh, uh, experimenting with cocaine as a painkiller. Okay. And he and he got hooked on cocaine. And the only reason he could get off cocaine was to get on heroin. That sounds like my dad. And yeah, and and that's that's his legacy. Mm-hmm. Everything he did, all the brain surgery he did, he was like John Coltrane, you yeah, know, just, the jazz guy. Mm-hmm. He was he was so focused on what he could, what he was doing that they named the hospital after after him that he was that good at it. A lot of people I've noticed, like they'll try to get off of one drug by using another drug. Cause that's just an addict's brain. Like you can't ever get rid of an addict's brain. It's like you have to be addicted to something. Your brain wants to constantly, no matter what it is, it could be healthy, you could work out a lot, or you could smell crack. It just depends on, you know, your life choices kind hey, of. Listen, I've known bodybuilders to, to, <laughs> to have a bottle of whiskey in the gym mm-hmm. while they're working out. And yeah. take a shot of whiskey and go put push heavy weights. No, <laughs> my, my, my dad was a bit of a an addict, a, a drunk. You know, he he mm-hmm. he 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 could control it. He was very tough. He was a very tough Chinese guy. L- like the functioning alcoholics. And totally, I, I meant, totally. Yeah. It wasn't until uh, he he came home. He woke up. My mother woke up, looked at him, and he's covered in blood. He was like, got beat up and he's in bed. So my mother woke him up. What the hell happened to you? And and my dad said, I, I, I don't know. And so they went out and he had driven the car. Apparently what he did, he drove the car into a, into a telephone pole and the telephone pole broke off and, and smashed into the car. Somehow, because he was a truck driver, he drove that car home. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's when he quit drinking and oh, before yeah. before that before that he lost his job because he was a truck driver and and he he pulled into a sleeping thing he had a little nap and then he went back to where he came instead of going onward oh, to the city, no. he went back <laughs> home Without dropping off the load, my dad and my uncle were truck drivers, long distance haulers. So I, I know and, that. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a lot in common, don't we? <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. 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 Did, did your did your mom and uh, did your dad and uncle did they ever say goodbye when they left? Oh yeah, all the time they would say goodbye. Um, because he would be back and be like a Monday through Friday he'd be gone and then he'd be home on the weekend. Sometimes, sometimes my, he would have to stay my, Saturday. My, my dad never said goodbye. Oh, he never said goodbye? He, he'd just leave. Because <laughs> he's like, he was coming back, so it wasn't like a real and goodbye kind of thing. He was Chinese. I don't think. And then I found out my mother was uh, 20 some odd percent native. Because mm-hmm. my grandmother, I found out my grandmother is 50 percent 
but but they had a, a strange very my my dad was very quiet you know i think it was a, a traditional thing you know like a cultural kind of yeah yeah where they just don't don't talk you know mm-hmm. my dad very very until you know then when i started making it making a name for myself you know mm-hmm. and then you know everything changed up until then he was he would always ask my brother to go on a road trip with him, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, come on. Hey, son, you want to come on? The, you know, my, and my brother said, oh, no, I, I got to do, do this. And I would always go, I'll go. <laughs> they so were I, fun. They were fun to go on. I, yeah, I, 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 I loved them. I loved mm-hmm. the driving. I still do. Mm-hmm. It was one of my things. It is a lot of fun. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um. Where, uh, give us the website where they, uh, where people can look for, is it chichinchong.com? There's all kinds of it. Uh, (laughs) There's, yeah, tommychong.com, chichinchong.com. Our our delivery service is ding dong, it's chichinchong. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're we're doing all all the, yeah, we got all the websites, and I, I don't handle any of them. You know, I, I get my my son, who's my manager in mm-hmm. Paris. He's always bitching at me for going on Twitter, because because I, I I I don't know. I respond to to idiots, you know. Sometimes I do too. Sometimes I mean, it's hard not to. Where you're just like, are you a real person or a bot or? Yeah, I've learned to, um, I definitely, I don't go on my phone before I meditate in the morning I make sure like I wake up, I meditate, <laughs> I walk my dog and then I'll go on social media. Cause if I do that, like when I first wake up, if I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, I'm fighting somebody today for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I came across because I do cameos too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, they ask for advice, you know, and growing old and drugs and everything and and uh, i i uh, so i have to <laughs> i have to listen to my own advice <laughs> right <laughs> that is my biggest lesson is to uh learning to listen to my own advice that i give other people for sure yeah and and, and then following it you know yeah <laughs> because I, I was given i was given this one advice about because i, I i've got spiritual books all over the place mm-hmm. you know that that i that i go to and what i'll do I'll, I'll i'll thumb through them and then stop randomly and then see what the lesson is and and this one is about anger and uh, and it's very sweet it was a biblical quote about being able to control your anger mm-hmm. and uh then i started controlling my anger and wow my life changed because you get you get angry at the stupidest things mm-hmm. you know because it's it's a well like my dog barking at the the mm-hmm. gardener mm-hmm. it's the same thing you know it's a reaction well there's someone else yeah. same guy is out there again and he's yeah. <laughs> we're smarter than dogs you know and then the other thing is control your being a, be able to control your thoughts yeah just controlling your emotions i've noticed um has well, definitely uh, yeah and, and reactions to things it's how you yeah. react to things that yeah but, it's, but it's a you process have, but, <laughs> but you have to but you have to really 
this is what I did. What I do now is I really have to go to that spot. And, oh, and then the last one is mm-hmm. judge not. I love that one. And the reason I love that one mm-hmm. is because that's how fights start. Because you make a judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't judge anything, good, bad, otherwise, and you just see it for what it is, mm-hmm. then uh, you've accomplished First of all, you, you you maintain your cool, mm-hmm. which is never bad. No, always good. Always good to maintain your cool, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you you don't hurt feelings because anger you can hurt people's feelings. Uh, uh, any of those those things where you worry about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's you know but taking your own advice it, 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 it's it's happening but the truth mm-hmm. that that's my 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 biggest thing because I got asked you know how'd you get through this uh, pandemic I said well I'm a comedian and when you're in the pandemic you're alone and so think about it I'm alone with a comedian and that the comedian is going to find humor in everything Mm-hmm. because that's our job that is our job and so I am so inept at so many things that I keep my I laugh <laughs> like my, my 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 wife's coming home we both got Tesla cars mm-hmm. and she I says she's always gone and so on the phone I said How, how's your battery she's on oh, really low I'm really low because you know, typical yeah. uh, lady she'll run out of juice and then <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you? Why didn't you tell me? You know, blame it on me somehow. And so I said, I said, okay, well, you better. I'll I'll pull my car out. You can pull your car in, and you can charge your car up. Mm-hmm. And so, so she said, okay. And then, and then she come home and she phones me and she says, I thought you were going to pull your car up. And I started laughing <laughs> because the minute. She hung up the phone. I forgot the conversation. Oh, <laughs> and I didn't have any excuse. I just had to, uh, I had to, I, I laughed, I laughed. And I got her laugh and she started laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll walk into a room looking for something. Then I'll walk back. And then I'll come back to my office and I'll remember what I went to get. And I'll go back to get it. I'll forget it oh. again. All of the time I do that. It's like called the um, new door. It's called a new door thing. It's like once you enter a new door, all of a sudden your brain is like completely it's it can be frustrating sometimes when you do. (laughs) I used to use that as a bit. I used to say, actually, you know, they said pop was a gateway drug. And Mm -hmm. I said, no, it's more of a doorway drug (laughs) because the minute you go through the doorway, you can't remember shit. (laughs) And then then I used to say, that's why I keep kept a bong in every room of my house so at least when i go there oh i know what i gotta do and do it <laughs> take a hit <laughs> okay listen i, I gotta run have we, yes. are we all done yeah no thank you so much uh follow obviously tommy chong on twitter and instagram and check out his new line and stuff like that thank you so much for coming on it will be out in like two weeks okay, and, I'll take, and, and, and i'll take you and send john the info and stuff and I, I think we have to do it again because you never really got a chance to ask. I me know anything. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have you on again. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Uh, you got an opening, put me in there. All right. And, cool. and, and this time, this time I'll let you talk. 
Okay. <laughs> it's totally okay. I, right, I, 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 I really want to hear about your life. It sounds so interesting. <laughs> oh yeah i i've had that happen where, where people have taken over be like wait you used to do this and it's fine i'm used to it <laughs> i know i know you're 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 yeah you got a little more experience than i have there's a few things i haven't done yet <laughs> okay darling um, we'll see you again next time all right thank you so much bye bye bye